for a successful marriage, I think the partners have to realize um, the hidden traumas that they, I, I studied social work and psychology in school. So I'm a little bit on like, you know, um, but understanding your childhood traumas and understanding that that plays a, that plays a role in your adulthood. Um, and if you don't ever address that, it may be things that come out here and there that may affect your marriage and just life in general. Welcome, everyone, to Wallet Talks with your host, Jason Alexander. You just heard an excerpt from a lovely couple that we interviewed, Kevin and Lainey Aguello, and they have the Aguello brand, and they tell us more about how they overcame the odds and that you either self-afflicted or there was a come upon them in a situation to pay off $65,000 in debt. But before we get into all that, I want to spotlight a couple things. So this is a new segment. I thought it might be appropriate to do. The new segment is called Comment Spotlight. So I'm going to pick a couple or pick a sample or randomly pick a a comment that someone or feedback that was provided about the show and highlight them on the show. So the first one that we're going to have is from fan M. M is a lady. She writes to us and commented on episode number two, where Tiffany gave her perspective of budgeting. She said, I love the nuggets that you gave Tiffany setting a date every month to go over family budget of spending spending plan, using it to strengthen the marriage. I like how you said how you entrust the man of God that God has given you with your finances, but you make suggestions and ultimately he is held held accountable. Thank you, M, for your feedback. That was lovely. I hope people got something out of it as well, just as much as you did. And thank you for sharing. I encourage everyone else to share your feedback. Let's talk. Let's have a conversation because that's the purpose of this podcast is to garner better communication in in our relationships, about money, about anything, but to have better conversations and just start conversations. So the best way to do that is to comment. And then I'll have another reason to talk about it on the show. So be sure to uh, put your feedback in the comments wherever you listen to your podcast right now or join our Facebook group, Wallet Talks Podcast. So facebook.com slash Wallet Talks Podcast. So did you know is our next segment. Did you know that the bedrock of financial security is consistency with a budget? Did you know that? What do you mean? Well, a survey from pennyhoarder.com who interviewed or surveyed 1,900 Americans in May of 2021, I think, yes. And they had a result that 45% of Americans do use a budget to manage their to manage their hard earned income. So what does that mean? That means over half of Americans do not use a budget to manage their hard earned income. Uh, a similar as also they says 56% of Surveyed respondents said they didn't know how much money they spent last month. Wow. I can tell you personally that a budget is the foundational piece, the active ingredient, the main ingredient to achieving financial security. And what is financial security? That's whatever you make it, but it has parameters of your feeling at peace against circumstances. And that usually means you have an emergency fund. That usually means you have, you know, where your money is going and you're purposeful with your money. It also means that you're you're at a place that if you happen to be laid off, you have some cushion to fall back on. Some people see that as being debt free. Some people see that as managing their debt, but having a very healthy, healthy stash of cash in the bank account, just in case something happens, maybe three, maybe six to 12 months worth of living expenses. But whatever is your prerogative, the main point is the consistent thing is that all people who have been successful in achieving some 
form of financial security, they had a plan. They had a plan. So the penny hoarder also mentioned like, okay, so those who don't have a plan, why? It says 19% said they didn't budget because they didn't have the time or energy. And another 19% chalked it up to lack of organization. And in the last just 6% of Americans said they don't budget because they know they're overspend anyway. Wow. Fam, let's get better. It's, there's hope in here. A lot of people are, you know, a good chunk of people are budgeting. And so those people who are budgeting, let's go reach out to our community and to our family and friends and ask them, hey, are you budgeting? Do you need help with budgeting? Right. So that some of these reasonings for not budgeting, lack of organization, I don't have the energy. Listen, your process can be a couple minutes, 10, 15 minutes or an hour. But whatever it is, you got to start. You got to do you have to have a commitment to be disciplined and it may not say you may not say well it's not worth it right it's not worth being disciplined it's like it doesn't isn't it's it's not necessary well i beg to differ money is one of the main resources we have to achieve or do anything in this world so if you don't have a handle of your money someone has a handle handle of it for you and because they're now in the driver's seat of your money, they're dictating where you go. When you probably was like, I, I want to, I really want to get debt free, but you don't have a, a budget. I really want to save for a house, but you don't have a budget. Um, why can't I retire early? Well, you never had a budget. You never had what we call a spending plan because you didn't have a plan. And basically you aim for nothing. You got it. You got an empty hand for what you thought you could achieve. So with that, you say, like, what is a budget? A budget is a spending plan or a roadmap, but it's not restrictive. A lot of people think it's restrictive. Well, Jay, okay, fine. I, I, I need a budget. I know it's necessary. What can I use as a guide to budget? Well, there's multiple types of guides to budget. Again, it is a subjective thing. The only thing that's not subjective is the consistency and discipline that needs to be done for it. But one type of budgeting is a 50-30-20 budget, where 50% of your income is fixed. You, you categorize it towards a fixed expense. 30% is variable expenses like food or gas. And then 20% is what you save or give. It's pretty straightforward. There's other percentages that people use for more uh, delineated budgeting or for each category but this is a quick overview 50 30 20 that's one other people just look at they just list out their 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 expenses by from fixed to variable and just adjust that way make sure the numbers are, are i guess okay another way just tracking your expenses not really this one is not necessarily a budget but it's more so you tracking what you spend so you know where it's going but you're not anticipating or uh, putting any initiative or forethought before you start spending. And then another one is another type of budgeting is called a zero based budget. A zero based budget means that all of your income minus all of your expenses equals zero. All of the cash into your house subtracted by all the cash going out should be zero. The other scenarios are the other budgeting types I gave you. They all leave the summation of your income manager expenses that you listed with a sum that is widely coined as discretionary income. Meaning that this is what's left over after you paid your fixed expenses and your variable expenses and you saved a little bit. This is what's discretionary. It's at your discretion. It's at your judgment what you're going to do with it. Now, that's part of it. That discretionary income that's left over, that is the part that gets people in trouble because a lot of people know what their fixed are, their fixed expenses. That's my rent. You know, that's my car payment. That's my house note. Great. You really get tripped up with the variables like, oh, how many variables do I have? How many variable expenses do I have? Like with gas or um, streaming or whatever, things that aren't uh, on a set number. 
and even smaller fixed amounts like subscriptions. When it gets to discretionary, you have something left over, people just stop. And that's where we we fall into a trap of not achieving, uh, of not progressing the way that you will want to because you left that number just at its whim and you just saw it as free cash to just budget anywhere or not budget, but spend it anywhere, anything. And that is a flaw that is easily remedied, easily remedied. What do you mean, Jay? It's like, okay, so just like you list out your fixed and variable expenses and you got that discretionary income after you and you subtracted your income, of course, you do the exact same thing with the variable income. I mean, with the discretionary income, whatever is left over, make a plan for it. Me and my wife have a theory that when you have discretionary income or you have money left over after you've gone through everything, uh, we want to use the remaining discretionary income in three categories, spend, give, or save, right? And so we we recently had that. We went through our budget and we found out, okay, we got a good healthy chunk of discretionary income because we kept all of our fixed and variables pretty low because we live below our means. However, we have a big chunk that's discretionary. But we said, no, 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 we don't do discretionary. It's not going to just be free. We're going to categorize on this three things, spending, giving, saving so in the spend that's more so like any splurges we want to do we plan those out he's like well that's not splurging yes it is you you being strategic and you're not uh sacrificing some goals that you may want to have so like giving we really want to give so that's a bigger chunk of that discretionary income but then we also want to save we also want to for us want to go and get into investment properties so that's another chunk for so what we did was we gave each one of those categories, give, save, and spend a percentage that equaled 100. So for us, we had like a 50, 20, 30 split amongst those three categories. And then we, as we saw the numbers, we felt we continued to discuss and to pray about it. We felt like 30, 33.33% or an even, even amount allocated over all three was the best route for us. That, after you do all that, and you use up all of that discretionary income, you just created a zero-based budget. You just created a zero-based budget. I am a, a adamant proponent of a zero-based budget because it takes all of your income and says, I have a plan for it. I have a purpose for this, and it's going to drive me, and I'm going in this direction, direction A, and I'm going to use all of my resources to go towards direction A. And anything left over is going to help push me or propel me there even faster. And that is a successful budget that gets you to the destination that you desire in the time that you want it or even faster. We have a really good example of that with our interviewees, Kevin and Eleni Aguello. They utilize a budget to take them places and to that place is our topic of the day. A topic of the day. So in this topic of the day, we're talking about budgeting in a family setting with the Aguello family. And they give us insight on the things that they overcame, the odds that they overcame to achieve paying off $65,000 in debt in three years. There's a lot of gems. Please listen closely. I'm telling you, you're going to love it. So without further ado, here's the interview. I'll catch you on the other side. Thank you guys for coming. How you feeling? Very good. Thank you. Thank you for having us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, it's, a, it's, 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 a, it's, a, it's really a pleasure to be here, man, doing this. I really appreciate this. No, you're welcome. You're welcome. You guys have, so, you know, I do, do my research and everything. You guys have a very interesting story. You guys have been together for a very long time, like since you, you guys know each other since you're like 13, right? So you have some skin in the game. You got some experience now, right? I'm assuming that you're not like 20. So it was, <laughs> so you have at least 20 years probably under your belt. So I'm curious. Uh, I think the audience is going to be really curious to hear what you have to say. Let's get right into it. 
tell us a little bit about your family and your brand that you're trying to build up. So um, like you said, we have known each other since we were 13. We've been married for 10 years. Um, we are from New York and we've been in Texas for three years and that's been a life changer for us. We have four kids, two boys and two girls. Um, we started our podcast so we can learn to better communicate within each other because there is there are a lot of interesting situations and a lot of things that we've been through um, that not a lot of people can, you know, that can survive and that they can make it through. Mm. Um, so we started the podcast to be able to um, talk about all these sensitive topics um, and to really live this full disclosure lifestyle. Um, in terms of building the brand, I, the basis would be the full disclosure lifestyle, being open, being honest um, within mm. ourselves and just, you know, with everybody. Um, and we do believe that if, you know, we want people to feel like they're sitting on the couch with us um, when they are, you know, when they're listening. We want them to be yeah. like, wow, I can relate to this couple. I can relate to him. And for the wives of the girlfriends, I can relate to her um, because for the girlfriends or the wives, a lot of times we don't realize the influence we have on our spouse. Um, you know, we want a perfect man or a better man, but if we walk in the house and we're yelling all the time, or he walks in every day and, you know, you're mad and you look crazy, um, and full disclosure, that's what happened today. You know, he walked in and the house was crazy, but it's not always like that. Um, but if it was always like that, you know, how is he going to feel every time he walks in the house? Um, so that's from the female perspective. Yeah, I mean, just to kind of piggyback a little bit, um, I just really love the the whole idea of the full disclosure lifestyle, especially on like marriage and relationship, because I just want people just to practice communicating and, you know, being vulnerable and being able to actually have a conversation without your ego getting in the way with your which is significant other. Mm. Um, so I just think just practicing that and building, I don't know if it's muscle memory is the right term, but just practicing that type of uh, exercise, you know, just communicating about, uh, I don't know, like just the most, yeah, just, I guess things that are difficult to, to kind of address. Yeah. So it sounds like you're like, let me help you overcome the hurdles that, that hinder me from being an effective communicator. Right. You said it better than we did. <laughs> Listen, I, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm, the, I'm the host. I'm trying to bring it out and make it crystal clear for the audience. So now that's that's cool because like what you just pointed on, Kevin, was like that ego thing. Um, as I guess from a male's perspective, talk about a situation where that hindered your your uh, communication or relationship with Elaine. Uh, let me see. An arbitrary situation, of course. Um, I guess like, I guess wanting to go out to like a, a specific restaurant and, a, you know, as an, as a, as a man, I guess for me, at least I'll always ask her like, Hey, what you want to eat or whatnot? And she's her response. Most of the time, she's gotten a little bit better, but it's like, I don't know, whatever you want. Oh, oh she gave you that one. Yeah. So now it's like, I wasn't mentally prepared to actually think about what I want to eat. Cause I'm trying to serve you. Mm -hmm. so um you know situations like that would that would kind of hinder me because now it's like me personally i was just bit oh, you know what it's just cooking house you cook better anyways <laughs> you know what i mean we'll save some money. i do so um just like little little situations like that um can really help in the in the long run of course well yeah that's what i think of course in my opinion yeah so elaney how's how has he done Oh, much better. Um, much better. Uh, like I said, since we've been together so long, I mean, at 13, um, like meeting at 13, we kind of grew up together. We went through so much together. And there's been a lot of like us, I don't want to say reinventing ourselves, but as we grow, you change. And there's been a lot of change. Um, mm. And being in Texas in the last three years, I feel like we're building a new foundation you go, you go. Um, I feel like we're building a new foundation um, because we both come from single parent households and we're married and we don't want to be single parent households. Yeah. Mm. Um, we don't want our kids to grow up like that. So we've definitely put us, we've definitely changed um, within and changed on the outside to be able to have a better marriage and better communication and, you know, be better parents and be better people just in general. Be better people, yeah. 
Yeah. So if you being better parents, better, better people in general, so you have a better relationship, can you walk me through some of your um, things that stick out as far as your challenges that you guys overcame that would be helpful for the audience? So I think for me, I don't know if this is going to answer your question, but like we're from New York, we're from New York City, right? And, yeah. Uh, where are you from? From Atlanta. From Atlanta. Okay. Yeah. I don't like you. You're used to like buildings and like apartments, right? I mean, yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. We're just used to buildings. Yeah. It's so so much smaller. So I kind of like grew up. Um, I guess the word would be like indoctrinated a little bit, mm -hmm. and just trying to like relearn and like uh, re not nah, just relearn just that whole relearning aspect now. Just because you know I grew up, you know, thinking that you know as a guy I'm supposed to, you know be promiscuous and had the most this and have the most you know what I mean yeah and uh I think just the relearning process of actually falling in love with your partner and loving loving this whole situation we're going through okay so with that then like what would you consider how would you define a successful marriage and what have you done that made you have that perspective so I think a successful marriage is just putting in some effort, mm. some effort. And I think, um, I honestly think just uh, doing everything together, maybe like 60, 40% of the time, a little bit, you know, you don't, for me at least, cause I, you know, I like my own space and stuff. So uh, mm -hmm. just, just having the efforts actually get out of my head and just, go cook with her or go uh, fold the clothes with her or yeah, go on her walks yeah. or, you know, I'm not really into the the fitness side, but you know, I should get out of my head and be like, all right, babe, come on, let, let, let's go work out. Even though I don't want to full disclosure, I have to say that or then it, it comes out fake, you know? Yeah. So, you know, I, I have to let her know that, you know, this is the full disclosure lifestyle. Like I really don't want to do this. I really, I'd rather play video games or edit something or create some content, but Let's 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 go on this. Let's let's do a forty-five minute workout because I love you and I want to make this work for the rest of our lives. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's what I think. One part of a successful marriage could be. What about you? Uh, I think definitely taking um, responsibility for your own actions uh, and mm. uh, knowing that two things: knowing that you can only control yourself, but at the same time you can influence people. So people are always like, oh, you can't make me do this or you can't do that or make me do that. But your presence and, you know, what people re react and respond to what you do. Mm -hmm. um, so I think it's important for marriages to understand that because if you're just going on your own doing everything and it, it like I'm not I'm very independent like I said I grew up in a single mom and my mom is like super independent um, so I had to let go um, a lot of that to make that work. Um, and it's something that I had to realize in myself. And also um, to make us to for a successful marriage, I think the partners have to realize um, the hidden traumas that they've I, I studied social work and psychology in school. So I'm a little bit on like, you know, um, yeah, but understanding your childhood traumas and understanding that that plays a, that plays a role in your adulthood. Um, and if you don't ever address that, it may be things that come out here and there that may affect your marriage and just life in general. Well, how, how would someone know how to identify that childhood drama? It's a great question. Um, I think it takes, a, <laughs> it takes a lot of self-seeking. You definitely need to be open to talking to other people about mm. it um, because there's things that you don't realize that you do. Um, but you only do it because, you know, of some things that you went through. A lot of times things happen to us when we're young and they block it out of their, like we block it out of our memory. So we may not even understand that we're, what we're doing. Yeah. Um, but it takes a lot of like learning about yourself, which is something that we're kind of going through now is learning to love yourself, um, learning about yourself, learning to find yourself. And in all of that, you know, things will come up. Um, like one trauma, like not a necessarily a, one trauma. Yes. Is um, I've never met my dad and he never wanted me. So mm. 
deep down, you know, it's like, I'm not worthy or people are going to always leave me. And that's something that, um, I had to heal through for a marriage, because if I'm always thinking, you know, for no reason, oh, my help, my husband's going to leave me, mm-hmm. you know, like I'm going to start living that. So I'm going to start doing things that may second guess our relationship. And he, you know, may have, he may leave at one point. Um, but I have to realize, no, my father leaving me had nothing to do with me. I am worthy. And that doesn't have to determine my relationship with my husband or my marriage. That's, that's good. That's, that's so good. And I'm curious if you can walk me through how you had that complex of like, oh, my dad left me, people are going to leave me. When did you recognize that you had that complex? Um, I think within the last two years. And another thing that we overcame in our marriage, which you can listen to on our podcast. Um, Where? On YouTube. That's okay. right. So <laughs> all right the Arguello. so our youtube channel is the Arguello brand and it's the full disclosure podcast that's where we have it on right now so one of the things that we overcame in our marriage was infidelity and we both were unfaithful um and that taught me a lot about myself Mm. and i think that's when it started when i was standing for my marriage because you know my husband had an affair and i was standing for my marriage so basically i did not want to get a divorce even though he was having an affair so that took a lot of working in me and realizing okay eleni not not that his affair was my fault but what role did i play like what did i need to do Mm. to be the wife for him or, and I don't want anybody to misconstrue this and say, like, I needed to start living my life for my husband. No, I needed to figure out what was missing in me for me to be the wife that I needed to be. And it worked because he's here and our, and our marriage is much, much better. Um, so I don't want anybody to ever misunderstand that standing for your marriage means you let your spouse walk all over you because it's the complete opposite. Yeah. But in that, I learned, okay. I have issues with abandonment, like things that have hurt me are mm. my sister, my sister moving to a different state. And I felt like she left me. My mom worked all day and all night. So I was home alone a lot. So there was really nobody for me. So I was, you know, you act in, in, in those ways. Um, and that's how I kind of came to the point. And also, like I said, like I said, talking to people and personal development and learning about yourself. Um, and then, you know, it comes to the point where it's like, okay, if I'm always thinking I'm not good enough, I'm going to act in that way. Okay. All right. So Kevin, how, when you guys had that moment where she was doing, going through, uh, Elaney was going through that uh, self-awareness phase. When did you have a self-awareness phase that helped you to bring and reconcile the marriage? Man, to be honest, I think is when my wife, uh, you know, during the affair of the infidelity uh, time or whatever, um, you know, we were still in communication because, you know, we have kids and, you know, I think we're really good on trying to be good parents. Mm-hmm. Um, so we would still be in communication, of course. And, you know, she would, she was kind of living the full disclosure lifestyle before I realized that that's what, what it was. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, she was telling me, you know, everything she's doing and what she's going through and, and, you know, where her mental was. And, you know, I would just take it with a grain of salt, like, oh, yeah, that's cool, whatever, because I'm in affair mode. So uh, nothing really matters what she's saying other than my kids. Are they good? So um, she would keep repeating this thing to me. You know, she has that little, uh, she does that a lot. She repeats and repeats and repeats. And it, and it went through one day. And I'm not thinking my point across. You, and you did. I really appreciate you for being consistent like that. Um, so what happened was, is that I, it kind of clicked in my head as the, the new, the mind shift or the mental shift. Um, and then I wanted to stand for my marriage. So I'm super competitive. So mm. she's like, so I guess she wasn't messing around anymore. So that was her way to kind of stand for her marriage, in my opinion. So I was like, I'm going to leave everybody. I'm going to leave New York and we're just going to move in together and we're going to you know, we're going to do this for real. It was, it was probably more, uh, there was probably more character in what what I said, but for entertainment's sake, you know, I just, I just, I just kind of pulled my big boy pants up and said, yeah, I love you. We moved across the country with nothing. Mm. So we didn't have a place to stay. We had no job. 
we literally packed our suitcases with little clothes. We came to Texas. We stayed with my sister for a month. Um, our kids stayed with my mom in DR for a month, and then we made it happen. So yeah, and I just want to point out that I didn't think that she was gonna jump on on the train right away, but when she did, that's that's kind of why we had to move expeditiously the way we did because I wasn't gonna let this go. You know what I mean? I didn't yeah. Need to <laughs> so so who came up with the idea let's go to texas so all right so it's kind of like a 1a 1b because she okay. was like i want to stand for the marriage mm-hmm. and then i was like so do i so let's let's start on zero in a new state and we're gonna work together all the way up right and, and it's working that's, that's so like you guys got a fresh start it's like yeah. all right let's just do a reset button exactly. like come back let's 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 come back and then you have that Kevin, that that competitive spirit is like, hold on, hold on, you you ain't gonna out, you ain't gonna outdo me, never you know, in, in in this love thing. Although I got you. <laughs> thank you, thank you. <laughs> so, it was one thing I wanted to pull out too. You like, she had this moment where she kept repeating, repeating, repeating. When you said that, my mind was like nagging, 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 nagging. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna you use our word, full disclosure. So I was thinking, full no, disclosure. I used to think of it like that. Yeah. <laughs> Until I started standing for my marriage, then it was like, she's trying to tell me something. Listen, that's mm. why we got two ears and one mouth. I don't Speak know where that came it. from, but that sounded good. <laughs> that sounded really good. That sounded <laughs> really good. So speaking on that, uh, Eleni, tell me uh, when, well, I think you actually, Eleni, were were first person to do all the full disclosure. And yeah, so you were, you always communicating and being full disclosure. Kevin, when you kept hearing her explain everything out from a man perspective I take that as I don't want to hear all the details I just want to know the main thing did you have that moment 100 percent 100 percent but I just get through it she just she just uh so she's a teacher you know she went she finished Mm. school and she's a teacher and stuff so she kind of like maybe treated me like a little like one of her students and just got her point across, which then made me realize that I probably need everything in layman terms for me to understand anything, you know? And yeah. that's what she did. And she got her point across and- Here we are. Here you are, it worked, it worked. So since you guys, sounds like you have a, a better way of communicating now, what is, what is some of those, uh, well, for couples who have problems communicating, one of the main problems with communicating comes up with money. So how do you guys have conversations about money with each other and your kids or whoever and family? I got a good one. I got a good one. So this was recently, right? So I always used to be very like, uh, I always wanted like my privacy. I always, I would give her my password to everything, but just one thing, cause I just wanted my privacy. And I realized that that wasn't really working for me at the moment. So again, I wanted to top her in standing for the marriage. So I was like, um let's have a joint bank account let's just have Mm -hmm. one bank account um you know i i'm not doing anything crazy i'm not going i'm i'm not going out i'm not uh stepping out on her she's not stepping out on me so you know we're both secure with with having this one bank account and i think we did that in the beginning when we got to texas which was like two years ago and uh we flourished once i gave her the bank account wow she she took care of this money and (laughs) I don't like to boast or nothing like that, but honestly, bro, like we come from apartments and I never thought a reality of owning a house would happen. And she made that happen once I switched over to the joint account. Look, I'm, I'm clapping that up because that's amazing. My man gave up control where we would think like, hey, hey, hold on, hold on now. What's what's going on? Because I, I kind of think of that. That reminds me of like, okay, let's work with each other's strengths, right? Like, hey, if she's if she got the numbers game going down, yep. let's just let her do that, you know? Exactly. So, and he so, was very, at first he was very 50-50, I mean, for a lot of our marriage. And it was like, if you do this, if I do this, I need you to do this. So everything was very 50-50. And um, when we first got here, we became very focused and I paid off, it was like $15,000 in 18 months. What? Um, with yeah, it was like student loans and credit cards. And just like, if, if I owed anybody, I'm like, I don't want to owe anybody. So if I owed anybody, I'm paying it off. Um, so we did that. Um, then he bought a car and he paid that off in two years. 
like literally mm-hmm. two years. So it was like the what was it like thirty two thousand dollars? He paid it off in two years, mm-hmm. um, and then we had a lot of we had credit card debt again, and then we paid all of that off. Um, wow. So I mean, we probably paid off what thirty? I don't know. That's 50, you. You're the number. Maybe like sixty five thousand dollars <laughs> in the last three years we Jeez. paid off wow Just i didn't like know that to be, yeah. full disclosure, i didn't know that i was gonna say like you was like wait you did that that's how much you have to like okay i'm let you rock it roll that's it. all her i don't go in the bank account for nothing she handles all of that i don't I, yeah. like my brain doesn't focus on that anymore so so how do y'all so so laney how do you communicate with him like okay do you just like give him an allowance like hey here you go this is what we're gonna do how do you how you talk i create a budget and um Really, all he does is just put gas. So as long as he has money from gas in the bank, then he's I got fine. everything I need, man. I'm not in New York no more. No vices, none of that. So as long as he has money for gas, he's good to go. Um, in that, like, there was a period where I had to get creative because we do have kids. So we had to go to, like, a lot of free stuff. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. In the last two years, I did want to have more fun within the marriage. So we went to New Orleans twice, one by ourselves and one with the kids. We went to Miami. So I try to make I, I try to make it fun because I don't want him to think like we're working all day, all night. And then like, where's my money? Yeah, you know, right. So I try to make it fun. We started doing this thing called Boys Day, Girls Day with our kids, which is like the boys go hang out and the girls go hang out. Um, and just even fun things at home, like having a party, which is just us with like a special meal that we made, um, just to make it fun for him and for the kids. Because for me, I can just be in my, you know, I could just be home all day, not even listen to music, just hang out and I'll be fine. But I know that they need to have fun. Um, and they need to see like all the hard work that they're putting in is worth it. I mean, like he works a lot and, um, he didn't say this, but we i also was able to quit my job you know just with the budgeting and staying and everything so i'm i quit my job but it doesn't mean that we don't want to start businesses we definitely want to start businesses um but we're i'm able to stay home with the kids um which was huge for us this this is amazing because that's an amazing story you guys need to bottle that and you know (laughs) sell it or something Um, (laughs) because what what i like about it is that you said you try to be creative, you try to get him involved. That's what I hear. And it's like, so that you're not just working and where's my money? I can't have any no pleasure with it. Like, yes, money is to be, is a, is a, is a means to an end to uh, achieve kind of things, but you shouldn't be living for money. You know what I'm saying? Money should help you live the yeah. life that you want. And you created that sounds like. And so, so Kevin, when you, when she was coming up with these ideas, were you about the the uh, make it um, with the boys days girl days like what is what how was your response to that uh I wasn't I didn't really like anything she was doing bro I, I didn't really <laughs> I, I so full disclosure. full disclosure when when I what is it when you when you you my liabilities I, I degraded my liability when I bought the car or whatever right it was it was like a big car note and then when we paid the car off I was like that money should be I should be able to have <laughs> physical cash in my pocket now <laughs> and then i was like babe I, like get some money you know what i mean and, and nothing happened but you know she was doing in the grand scheme of things she was you know setting up getting the house the down payment yeah um all the other stuff that she was doing that i don't really know about because my brain can't handle that <laughs> but um i wasn't i wasn't with it man i didn't i didn't really appreciate none of that at the moment and then um I guess she just she just made it more fun for us. And then instead of me having to think about where to go, she would actually just set me up. And all I had to do was just put gas and show up to where she she got us an appointment mm-hmm. or booked that. Yeah. So she made she just, she just really automated a lot of things that made it really easy for me to not give 101 excuses, you know? Right, right. Oh, I love that. So you made it simple. You took out all the hard stuff and so yes. that it can be you can play into his his traits right yes. I mean, okay yep. exactly well yep. said that's good yeah 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 wow you guys that's just awesome i mean i wasn't going down that way but <clears throat> so <laughs> i'm curious because i sense that you guys are rooted in uh spirituality so i want to ask like what does religion or god play in how you deal with your finances um i definitely believe in tithing 
And um, we had a lot of conversations, not always positive ones about this, <laughs> but I remember when we first got here, it was always like, hey, why can't you just take those 10% and apply it to whatever? And I said that Bible verse, God said, hey, give me my 10% and I'm going to give you more than, mm. you know, than you can handle. And um, we've been blessed financially. Um, he actually quit his job with, with a lot of security and benefits and everything to do, um, you know, to do ride share. And he's his, I mean, I think what you doubled your income. I did. I think he like doubled his income once he started doing that. Mm. Um, so I do believe in tithing. We, we pop, we don't, I do, I do, I do. That's the bottom line. So every time he gets paid, we, you know, we put some money aside for tithing. Cause I, I do believe in it. That's awesome. And it's, and you guys, if I can recap, you paid off about $65,000 in over just over three, uh, two years, three years, yeah. three years, 15,000 in 18 months right? And then two years for a car. Like that's, to me, when I hear that, I'm pretty sure the audience is like, oh yeah, but they, he had to double, he doubled his income. So they were making buku cash. Full disclosure, what, what, like, where were y'all income level doing that paying off 15,000 and in 18 um, months? Okay. So when I paid off the 15,000, that's when we had just gotten here and full so this disclosure, I was working as a para at a school and paras do not get paid that much. He was working at Walmart. <laughs> um, we just got here and we applied wherever and we started working wherever. And that's the truth, you know, like moving across the country, like my sister allowed us to stay in her house for a month and a half. And that was great. But when my kids came, she's like, okay. So, you know, we had to take our three kids at the time. We had three kids and we had to get an apartment. Um, and we made it work. And that was one of the most, that was one of the hardest times because it was like, we have nothing and we have like only enough money to live and start paying off our debt. Wow. But I knew that paying off our debt was going to give us freedom and it was going to help him see like, you know, like we can actually pay off debt. We can have fun and we're going to have freedom at the end. Um, so no, we, when we first got here, we were literally making enough just to survive. Um, then I became, that's when I, then a year later I started teaching and that's when I started kind of handling more of the money and, um, and just working on a budget, like yeah. I budgeted every dollar and I accounted for every dollar and it was like, babe, I think we're spending too much here. And literally he just swipes his card everywhere he goes. He doesn't, he doesn't know how much <laughs> we're spending anywhere. So I kind of try to get creative, like, Hey, can you do this this week? And this, that week, um, Cause I don't want to seem too controlling, but I Ooh. do want to make sure that we are, you know, that our money's going where it needs to go. Right. Cause he doesn't like, and I don't think any man does, but he definitely doesn't like to be controlled in any way. Not yeah. unless he asks me to do something. Mm. He does not want to be controlled. So I, I can't <laughs> be telling him do this, this, and this. It's kind of like, Hey babe, do you think that this week you can do this or that? Which is something I had to learn as a wife to stop being so abrasive. Um, because I'm a very straight to the point type of person. So it's, I've had to learn ways to communicate um, to improve ourselves. Kevin, speak on that. We, we, how did you? Um, I mean, to, to be honest, if it was up to me, I would just swipe my credit card everywhere. So we would be in the rest of our lives. <laughs> to be honest, I'm just, you know, full disclosure. But um, I'm glad that I that I made the decision to to hand over the reins to her with this money, man. Um, I don't think honestly, I don't think I would have done not not half of the job she's done. I'm for full disclosure, for for. Um, I mean, thank you. <laughs> yeah, thank. There you go. Let's clap it up. Let's clap it up. Oh my gosh, beautiful, beautiful journey. That I mean, just because I want to make sure people don't don't get the misconception that or the illusion that oh, we can do it. We just gotta make more money. You guys were at the bare bones, like you was paycheck to paycheck. And one thing that we try to talk about here on Wallet Coach is, and Wallet Talks is that it really doesn't matter how much you make. It matters what you do, what you make. And like, you guys are a perfect example of that. Like, yo, we started from nothing and we paid off 65,000, like just over two years. And I'm like, <laughs> I, didn't even, I literally didn't know that, bro. Yo, 
Well, <laughs> she's like, really? <laughs> Those who can't see, she, she she looked up in the air like, really? I thought you would know that. But no, that's good. That's good. So so now that you guys have this uh, freedom, right? Because that's one of the things that why you wanted to get out of debt was to create some financial freedom. What is your idea of freedom or quote unquote wealth? And you guys both can answer that. Um. So to me, I think time is a form of currency, to be honest. Mm. The reason why I say that is because when I came to Texas, this is the only time I realized this because, you know, I had jobs in New York or whatever. But when I came to Texas, I realized that I was seeing these, these the people at work, my associates or what is it, my coworkers, more than I was seeing my girl, more than I was seeing my kids. And I didn't like the way I felt after that, bro. Yeah. So I was like, you know, I tried, I, you know, I started looking around and 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 I found that, you know, ride share in Houston uh, is pretty good. You know, it'll give you a couple of dollars or whatever, you know? So um, I think that uh, wealth has something to do with time. Okay. You know, um, and, you know, that's the whole reason why we want to build, uh, you know, this, all this entrepreneurship because, you know, I, I, I my kids are really important to me. I'm pretty sure to everybody they're really important, but I need to spend time with my kids. I need to see them grow up. I, we need to argue. We need to laugh. We need to hug. We need to do every action in the world. So my kids, know, cause you know, my dad wasn't with me and I didn't, we didn't, we didn't grow up in the household where there was two parents. It's different here. This is wealth to me that I can eat at the, at the dinner table with my kids. I can eat lunch, breakfast. That's wealth to me, bro. I'm gonna be honest with you. Wow. You no, know? hey. That's, I'm pretty sure a lot of uh, females are like, oh, oh, <laughs> that's so beautiful. Give me a handkerchief. For real. But, Go ahead. Yeah, I mean, when it comes, I mean, I guess when it comes to like, you know, uh, the U.S. dollar, man, um, I'm going to just hand over the reins to you because you know exactly what to do with this money. So please. Um, For me, like you said, wealth is, spending time with our kids. I also want to be able to have the freedom. And something we talk about a lot is the reason why we're building a brand and we're so, um, you know, so focused on entrepreneurship and even network marketing is because we want to be able to take care of our kids and we want to be able to set them up. But more than that, we want to continue breaking generational curses. Um, you know, we do want to be millionaires. I know a lot of people want to do it, but we want to be millionaires. We want our kids, kids, kids to be, yeah. We, they don't have to be, you know, set up for life, but we want to be able to like have them ready for more. Um, one of our goals is having, you know, properties for when our kids turn 18, they can either rent it out or they can sell it. Mm -hmm. So we want to do that for them just to start them off. Hopefully we can do a lot more, but the bare minimum is that we want to do that for when they turn 18. Um, but definitely have wealth for me is freedom, being able to stay home with them, being able to homeschool, being able to say, okay, you know what, today we're just going to have a rest day because everybody's been doing so much. Um, and that's, that's, the, that's important for me and spending time together, um, doing things together, building relationships. Um, and that's what I've been really intentional about in the last few months since I quit my job. It's kind of like bringing everybody closer together, doing fun mm -hmm. things together so they can build relationships. Um, one little side note, my, my oldest, he's 11 and my daughter, she's seven. My oldest actually couldn't stand her. Like he could not, like we could not be in the same room together. And now just by spending time together, and us being, you know, in no way are we perfect in handling <laughs> any type of conflict or situation. Full disclosure. Yeah, but just being able to, like, a lot of times walk them through saying, hey, this is how this person feels. This is how this person feels. This person needs space right now or this person needs attention. Just be, And they're, like, they're, they get along so much better now. They're, like, the best of friends. They look out for each other. They're able to be in the same room together. Um, and just like little things like that as a wife and as a mother, that's what's, that's what's really important to me. But um, of course, I want an endless amount of money. Um, I want businesses and money and travel the world and all of that. But I'm proud of ourselves for starting off and building a strong foundation with our family because I know everything else will get easier. I agree. Wow. I want to say I'm proud of you guys. I know we just oh, got to know each other too. And thank you. Man, it's beautiful. I feel the vibes. I don't know if y'all in, in the audience, y'all can feel it, but this couple is beautiful. They 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 doing it. And like they said, they ain't perfect, 
but they still, they, they put in the effort, like Kevin said in the beginning, it's about putting in the effort and that will carry over into what you're trying to manifest. So I'm going to give another clap up for <laughs> you guys. I mean, woo, the Guello brand. Listen, yeah. guys, we're going to wrap the show up right here. And I just want to let you guys know that you guys should go listen to Aguelo brand, the full disclosure podcast. Tell them, Kevin or Lainey, where they can, you know, subscribe and, and, and follow you guys. So you can definitely follow our journey on YouTube at the Aguelo brand doc, at the Aguelo brand on YouTube. And also there's a podcast in there called the full disclosure podcast. Please don't hesitate to drop in. Uh, constructive criticism is, is accepted. Please don't hesitate to leave your comments on to leave your comments down below <laughs> when you go on there yeah <laughs> wherever it is leave us comments and subscribe yeah. listen listen i i could talk to you guys like for another three four hours because oh. listen people this is just the tip of the iceberg on their mm. story like go check out their 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 content you'll see so um, man, thank you so much for, for giving us that perspective. I think a lot of people are going to walk away with um, a way of how a man can, can, can deal with the finances, but also with communicating and how a woman can adjust and, and find those, um, those, those childhood hindrances that we can kind of expose mm. and just be better people like you guys wanted to be. So thank you again. Oh my gosh. Uh, for, for coming on and, um, uh, any last thoughts? I'm going to get you all the floor before we close out. Nah, man, Jay, I really appreciate it. Wallet Talks is on his way. Thank and, you. And, um, and man, I hope we can do this again. Oh, facts for sure. Well, um, thank you guys. This is um, Wallet Talks, this episode with Lainey and Kevin Aguilo. Awesome story. Catch us next time with Wallet Talks, where we believe it's not how much you make, but what you do, what you make. So if you can change your mind, you can change your wallet, you can change your life.